this is James Hollywood Machikari, and welcome to Motorcycle Madhouse. We have a special guest on today to give his side of the story on what's going on with Chuckles over there at Back Road Bumper, what I call them anyway, but Back Road Adventures. Anyway, there has been a dispute that uh, Chuck E. Cheese has put out there on his YouTube channel and I've seen many of the comments bashing this company and quite frankly I don't understand that because there is always two sides of the story and today we're gonna give you that side of the story and uh, you know what I got to talk to John uh, the last couple uh, well actually since yesterday and today and you know I, yeah, wait till we get going through these emails. Let's just, let's just wait, you know, to see what uh, goes on there. But he is also a firefighter, so Motorcycle Madhouse, you guys know how we feel about firefighters here. He works out of Owensboro, Missouri, and uh, again, he is a firefighter and a member of the Alliance of Law-Abiding Clubs. And, you know, just like I did on my video today, uh, why I left the motorcycle club and why I left the scene behind, I even admitted my mistakes as far as the Alliance is concerned because out of my ignorance, I didn't know what it was all about. I just went by one of their members' podcasts. Next thing you know, I'm blowing up, blah, 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 but I was in the wrong for that. We're going to give an opportunity for the Alliance to come on the show if they would like to clear that kind of stuff out but first I would like to clear up this uh, stuff going on with independence embroidery because what is happening is just downright wrong and he has a chance to give his side of the story before you knuckleheads uh, get out there and make all kinds of uh, you know discuss knowing about somebody you don't even know but let's welcome to the show John how you doing John yeah Hollywood but thanks for that amazing, amazing intro, man. I'm a big fan of your show. Ah, appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it. Now we got a, you know, right now on screen we got a, a picture of Betsy Ross, and I'd like you to tell our audience why Betsy Ross. Yeah, um, you know how we stumbled in, into the embroidery business is we were in an MC ourselves and having difficulty fulfilling orders. And it was really difficult, especially when you start chaptering out. And the first club experience we had, we went from two chapters to something like 25 chapters in a matter of two years and uh, some downrange. And, I mean, it was it became real important to get the product right and get it on time. So um, we, we quickly learned that if you want to do something right, you can do it yourself. And we tried it, and we perfected the process. And part of that also was respecting American-made businesses. You know, the, the patches that we were getting were from out of the country. Um, when the orders were wrong, it would take another six weeks to get them through. And everyone makes mistakes. Hey, we make mistakes too. But, um, you know, we started losing that sense that if our colors were that important, why, you know, why not take that extra step and try to look for American-made textiles and try to get that woven back into the mission. So that independence embroidery came up from that. And we use uh, Bessie Ross's image as an American icon, you know, sewing all the way up to the last minute trying to get it right. And, uh, you know, I think this the, the reason why you're having me on the show right now is, is another example of, you know, how when communications goes off the rail, how can you possibly get something right? right. And uh, I really appreciate um, you, you giving us this platform to say hi to your listeners. And then also, 
you know, hey, man, you know, embroidery is, is a big part of the motorcycle club culture and anything we can do to help educate people out there on, you know, how to, how to avoid mishaps and, mm-hmm. and how to per- perfect the manufacturing process for themselves, man, we're all for it. Right. Well, you know what, being in the, you know, the club scene and around the biker lifestyle, you know what, I've seen some, uh, everybody knows that in this scene, man, there's mistakes made, but you communicate like adults and you get it done. And from what I'm hearing, and you know what, I also can believe you on this one. He, he don't communicate the best. But, uh, you know, there is some emails I would like to go through. But before I do that, you are an MC, am I correct? Yeah, I'm in a law enforcement motorcycle club that's mixed with first responders and law-abiding citizens called Blue Deos L-E-M-C. It's a smaller club, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that that actually was a product from another major club that kind of fell apart just because of infighting and, you know, all, all, all the things that clubs fall stumble to. And uh, so we, we went and we, we, we started a smaller club, and I'm also involved in full throttle, full Full Mag Riding Association, which mm-hmm. is a, a loosely put together riding association whose main mission is to help other organizations with their foundational documents like bylaws, uh, what to do in the first 30, 60, 90 days to help clubs either refresh what they're doing or possibly starting new clubs. And, you know, because our first experience with the MC went south so badly as it grew too quick. Uh, we learned we learned a ton of it, and then full throttle, full mag was a, a real byproduct of wanting to help others too. So uh, I am a full patch member and an MC, so I respect protocol. I have a great understanding of at least my fishbowl environment that I ride in, mm-hmm. and um, as somebody who works with other MCs and and through full throttle and through independence, you know, it's really expanded my awareness of 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 what what people find important. Right. Well, you know, I just wanted to address that question because one of the things he put out there was that you were out in bed from an MC. So that right there, uh, you, you, you know, hooligans, that should answer your question right there. He isn't an MC, and no, he was not put out bad. <laughs> uh, no, I, no, 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 I'm still, I'm still in good with my brothers. You know, um, yeah, but you know how it is. It's like when you get involved with the club, and it, it's. It, I listen to your show, you know, and I also you know, pay attention to uh, some of the folks that um, are also on your level of broadcast. And, and it, what seems to be consistent is, is that, you know, there's that honeymoon phase. And then all of a sudden, one, it's just like one domino falls. And then it, it just turns into some infighting and drama. It's, it, it's, it's almost reminiscent to maybe a middle school or a high school fallout. That's what I always and say, I man. Really, the scene is more like high school than high school. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I appreciate what you do uh, because it, it, it brings forth some of those dynamics. And when I listen to your show, I have to also remind myself, like, hey, man, you've done that before. You know, believe me, I've put my foot in my mouth so many times I got a size 13 mouth. And um, I do it you know, all the and time. And I've made a lot of the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I've, and I've made so many of the mistakes, too. But, but I think part of part of growth is learning, right? And I think I really appreciate your show for that because 
even if even if it's something that I that I don't currently do now, it's always good to be reminded. Hey, I wouldn't do that shit if I were you. Right, right, exactly. Now I'm going to go to the, our display <laughs> capture and let's get on to you know these emails that you sent over. The first one I'm looking at is uh, titled Approval One, and that's basically on Saturday, August third. Uh, this is the direction I'm thinking. This is from you, John. This is pretty rough draft. The digitizer will get the lettering space perfectly. It goes on, and then uh, Chuck comes back and says he likes it. So am I correct in that email? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, what we do is it's pretty similar to any generic manufacturing process. Because we're made to order and because everything we do is really to protect the copyright image of our clients, we don't make a move until the client says make the move. And we also have a really uh, extensive revision process, so that client also has the right anywhere during the time of this approval process to say, hey, you know what, I'd like to add this or I'd like to subtract that. And all of that happens, and then there's another approval. And, and we, and in some cases, we'll have 10 or 12 different positions of approvals before we actually make a stitch. And, and, it, and it works two ways. One, it strengthens the relationship between the MC and the embroiderer to get it right. Manufacturing is no joke. You go to a manufacturer because of either the machines they use, the products they use, the people they have, or their styling. And no matter where you go, you're always going to have to have give and take of what they're capable of and what they're not. And that is what somebody who owns a copyright can benefit from with working with a manufacturer is by the time you get to a natural end of that phase of the relationship, both should be pretty pleased with what they have in front of them. Right. So in defense of, in the, in defense of Chuck Jins, he came on out of the blue. We, we didn't know anything about him. He came on positive, polite, encouraging, uh, and, and he seemed to be somebody who was very optimistic and easy to work with early on. And all the way until the very final approval, where where it was. And by the way, I, it, it does pay. Me, it, it would. It would. Uh, uh, I should note that that this was a rush job and one that had a disclaimer that this may not be the final set of patches because he just needed a quick upstart for a run he had, and mm -hmm. then his center patch was being redesigned. The rockers might change too, which is very unique for us because normally by the time an MC has it solidified and is coming to us. That image and likeness is based on a mission, not so much just the artwork. So that was maybe a red flag for us that this wasn't a normal situation. Right. Um, but right. yeah, but yeah, is 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 what I've sent over to, you, and I think you have up on your screen would be a number of approvals, and each one walk through each individual patch, what was right, what was wrong, and then what was approved. Right. Well, I actually. Uh see right here i'm going through it this is approval 7 m or mpg or png uh it says quick update we're into the last center patch and they are amazing and you even give uh pictures of the the tabs that he was looking at the spacing in the whole nine yards which he was complaining about in his video and right here it says looking good and you just see the spaces the whole nine yards and he puts looking good so to me, yeah, yeah, you know what? What is that? <laughs> you know, and he he actually, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, uh, I actually got one up go, where he uh, admits spelling his stuff wrong, and he blamed that on you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it, okay. So 
I mean, I everyone who knows me, my writing name is Wild Style, and everyone who knows me, I married my wife. Her writing name is Professor because I definitely married up in the in the fancy book learning arena by marrying my wife. I'm not the best speller, mm. and and sometimes when I see letters and words, they they kind of jumble around, maybe a little dyslexia. Who knows? But that's not my forte, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's funny. He did uh, by the time we made the second set of tabs. By the way. He switched color halfway through the process, and that kind of gives you an idea of how flexible you need to be when you're a manufacturer, that when the producer says, you know what, I like what's going on, I love it, but now I just want to reverse the cover wheel. Everything that's white, I want black. Everything I want black is now white. And that changes the entire dynamic of a patch, mm -hmm. uh, especially in its final piece. When you have, when you have white that is going to either sit on a jean jacket or sit on a leather vest, that white is really difficult to conceal in some places but so anyway so yeah we sent him these tabs but it, but it bears mentioning that when he when he came to us with his club name the club name was spelled incorrectly now in his defense well i got i got it up here where he even well i got it up here where he even admits yeah. spelling it wrong yeah 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 you know and and, and and but so i'd say in his defense i didn't catch it when i sent it to the digitizer the digitizer then said to me and said hey man this word isn't spelled properly you might want to check that out so in his defense i made the same mistake too but it, it's probably because i didn't read it twice you know what i mean mm -hmm. it always pays to read two three things at a time well you so figure somebody would know how to spell the yeah. name of their own freaking club <laughs> <laughs> well, that would, yeah, I think that would help. But so, so when it came time for the tab, we gave him a screenshot of the tabs that were done with the black Top Gun fabric with uh, light gray uh, stitching, which is the and direction I had, and we I originally had started in. Uh, let's and see. That, Let me pull that up. I yeah, and that. that one I think is. Go ahead. I got it up on the screen right now. And I, yeah, and I don't have it up, so I'm not sure if that sergeant was spelled correctly or not, but that was sent over as approval. And here's, and here's the deal. You know, we, we make mistakes constantly, and, and we're well aware of our mistakes, and we've been in business for eight years, and we always make good on our mistakes. So that's something that we would easily turn around, and we probably would throw in a $20, $30 extra patch as a complimentary gift, you know, for someone just being patient. So most of our clients end up, you know, kind of getting their packages overstuffed by the time they get them, considering I can't spell sometimes. Right. Um, but everyone seems to be happy in the end because we take care of people. You know, we don't want someone... We don't want to leave someone hanging, if you know what I mean. Of course, we're going to fix that stuff. But, but we didn't even have a chance to fix that. And, and, and yeah, that was a little embarrassing. And, and, and I'll say for the record, too, you know, the, the, the way that, you know, we, we go through our process, everyone goes through the same process. So this wasn't unique to Mr. Jins. Everybody goes through the approval process. So by the time they get patches in their hand, it's just like being in a restaurant. If you eat the entire meal... And then you say to the waiter while you're burping up your final bite, I didn't like how it tastes. I want my money back. The restaurant is usually going to give you resistance and say, well, then why did you finish your meal? Right. Right. You know, so I think that when he got the resistance, we came back to him and said, well, look, you know, you went through the approval process. It was rigorous. And, you know, what should have been a four week job, you had us do in a week and a half, which we were happy to do. Um, but we can't give you your money back. What we can do you being the producer of your logo and your your content, we can certainly work with you to craft something different. But I think, you know, his big complaint was his rocker's not rocking right. In our original quote to him, we sent him 
uh, fonts like Western Arial Copper Plate, ones that really do rock easily inside of a rocker because when you distort it, it doesn't all of a sudden turn it into a weird character. And the one that he wanted was called uh, Latin Wide. And if you looked in Word and you looked at the font Latin Wide, you would see that it's a really thick letter. Mm -hmm. And every time you move or try to budge that thing, it's kind of like moving around dough. If you've ever made pizza pie and you've spun that pizza up, it starts with a ball of flour. And you really got to knead it and move it and distort it. And that's what was happening. So when we came back to him, we said, look, you chose a font we've never worked with. We're happy to work with it. But this seems to be the best way it lays out without getting distorted. And that's where he said, hey, hey man, if that's the best you got, go ahead. I'll take it. Um, and then in just one more note on the tabs, he was also offered the, you know, the deluxe tab where we would take that Latin wide font and we would digitize it. To a, to a space that would fit a front tab. Instead, he decided to go with just a basic machine font, and mm -hmm. that spacing is done by the machine. That's exactly how it comes out of the machine. So if you looked at maybe one of those approvals, he says, in his words, hey, no, I'm not going to go with the expensive tabs. I'm going to go with the cheap one. Right. And, and I hate to say cheap because it's done on a $16,000 embroidery machine, but it's not a graphic either. It's a sewing machine. Well, you know? I even got an email here uh that you were talking about these tabs where you said you got it we will redo those tabs and get these colors to you asap and he put awesome thank you much so you even offered yeah to redo yeah you know tabs. and i think every yeah you know and i mean that's you know we try to work with people i mean look man i'm you know the reason why i think i'm empathetic as an embroiderer is because i used to have to purchase the colors for a club that had 300 people in it and i had to go through all those pitfalls so when when people when I'm dealing with people and they're talking about their colors to me, I, I hope everybody walks away with that experience that I take those colors as seriously as they do. Right, right. Well, exactly. And, you know, just by telling by the emails that I got, you were trying to work with them. Now, one of the emails, yes, and, you know, we talked about how did this, you know, because he's going out there saying, well, you said this, this, and this. Well, from my understanding is he actually threatened your family. Well, yeah, I mean, so so the um, it basically it came down to like some real serious strong arming um, and, and and threats, and so so here's where I stand with that. I mean, you know, we all know the keyboard warrior, and we know that when people are behind a keyboard, it's, it's easy to make these kind of threats. Uh, the I type deal of with threats all the that time. he was making towards me, yeah, the type of threats that he was making towards me was to was was straight defamation. Uh, slander and he invented events and this is where he was going to come after me my family and my business and I'm going to regret it if I don't give him back his money and and it was it was just this constant onslaught it went from it went from a really nice optimistic guy to out of nowhere saying I don't think you know who the fuck I am this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do to you and and, and I've, I've been there and done that. You know, that's why we created Full Throttle, Full Mag, and we created foundational documents, because when someone comes into a chapter, everybody thinks they can bake a better pie. And, of course, they start to then want – everyone wants to have the stars on the shoulder and be the president. And then everyone starts to undermine. Then everyone starts to talk crap. Well, you know, that's kind of what he was doing to me. So it didn't, it didn't surprise me 
But what I wanted to let him know was, is, is one of the things that I do as well is I'm a hardware server manager. So I'm a trained webmaster, but I decided to learn what the serving environment was about because I thought that was the better job at the time. Right. So when he started making these right. internet threats to me, I said, well, you know, I, I think, I think it's interesting that you would use social media as a platform, but you're, 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 you're making threats to the wrong guy. I could surround your websites and I could put out my message back towards you if that was something that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't, and I don't think either of us need to take this to a public debate. You just need to be happy with what you produced. And if you'd like us to continue to work on your production, give us some more direction and give us some more capital and we can, you know, continue to perfect the manufacturing process. So did I say some things that were outlandish? Yeah. And, and where, where it did come from, and, and this is, this is my knee jerk reaction. I'm that kind of guy. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't, I, I, I hate injustice. So this guy's coming at me for 24 hours, and then he had like four or five, maybe six people come at me with the same direction, emailing me, contacting me directly, making threats, uh, making more de- defaming and slanderous threats, and you know, telling me they know where I am, and you know, that kind of thing. And then at that point is when I came after him and said, you know, look. I think everybody should know who you are and what you're doing. And I think every organization out there should know what your colors look like so they can see you coming too. And, and, and the reason why I did that was to protect independence embroidery. Because whether we are thought of as, you know, uh, an American-made company, more importantly, we want to be thought of as a trusted source in the MC community. That no matter what kind of project you're working on, we have the artistic integrity to protect your copyright. And if he's going to be blabbing to the right side or the left side in the, in the MC culture, we are going to be preemptive with that and let them know where we stand. Right. Um, well, you're better, better than, men, you know, better than so I am. That. I would have shot him. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you, start, you start threatening. You know, but I mean, that's the. You start threatening my but, but family. But I, but you're I, getting shot. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, no, and, and I understand, you know, I understand those feelings because, you know, when you're sitting in your own, your own house, you're on a computer, and you have somebody who is taking advantage of First Amendment rights and then using it for defamation and slander, there's, there's very few initial knee-jerk reactions that come to mind. And this is, and it almost like resembles, let's say, something, you know, in a, in a civil kind of a case, a family court case where two people break up and all of a sudden the mom mom is talking crap about the dad and and then all of a sudden the dad wells up and wants to leave a really nasty message well you're this you're that and then that phone message ends up in court and then he's the asshole that doesn't get to see his kids right right exactly and and i and i and on a much bigger scale i think that's where when people use social media uh, hiding behind a first amendment i think that does so much to rough up the integrity of how we how we should be communicating with people because you know damn well Hollywood someone's going to say something completely different to your face than they would online when they hit, they feel they have some kind of safety. Oh, exactly. And I think our society is missing is really missing that face to face conversation, and I think it's I think it's just too bad. Mm, right, and you know what? I did do a lot of research on independence embroidery uh, the last day. And you've done dozens upon dozens of MC colors. And I, I'm on oh, your yeah, Facebook, and I it. see nothing but great reviews. 
Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, you know, and I mean, this with okay. So this was not our best work. I will say that straightforward. It wasn't our best work, but it's hard to fit a four-week manufacturing process into a week and a half for what you're being told is going to be disposable colors, anyways, right? So you but were being told we're, they we're, were disposable. That's kind of how it was framed to me because when you know he rushed this through, there was a, a, a ride that he had coming up. And, and believe me, that's not new to an embroidery business that's embedded because there are special events and rides and people do get patched in and it's very difficult sometimes to wait on manufacturing. So if you have a good relationship with an embroiderer, these guys can pre-make some stuff for you so that when you do have someone coming in and you do have an prop to say Patriot Guard ride or something, you wanna patch somebody, you got someone working with you. Our biggest obstacle in the embroidery business is working with someone new. That is probably the toughest customer to work with, which is why we foster the relationships with the people that we work with um, already because we already have a manufacturing system in place. When you work with someone new who's expecting a, like in a McDonald's sort of feel, like I can just go in, order my number one, supersize it, and it's going to come out exactly like it did yesterday. That's not the case in a creative media organization or, or in, a, in a sew house. Mm -hmm. So when we have someone new, we run a big risk of them going through the honeymoon phase and being disappointed like we do everyone. But every producer knows that you can't make the pancakes until you understand what the water and flour are doing. Right. And that's where he didn't, he didn't want to go through the entire process and live out that process to really perfect an MC color. Well, the problem with that is he's he, he's new to the MC scene. He don't understand what the MC scene's about, and he don't know about the process. And the process you just described, I know because we used to, you know, within our chapter, we used to patch them right away. We'd have, you know, the old patches sitting around if we had to do an event, and later on we'd give them the regular colors so i know exactly what you're talking about yeah exactly you know that, you we know, had that, a rush job right and that, that's so they good. <laughs> yeah and what you described right there is good production sense you're if you're running a chapter an mc you're a producer man mm -hmm. you know and you can liken it to a tv or a, a radio or a a film the producer is the guy who has the thankless job of having to double and triple check everything to make sure it's everywhere it's supposed to be and that's a hard thing to do and it's a hard thing to be patient and if you're up starting an MC and you're trying to set your watch to a sewing machine you're gonna set yourself up for you know disappointment every time exactly and in those e in that email you know because he was bitching about these tabs but it said right in there that you it would gladly fix them and these were the tabs that he gave his okay with with the spacing and all that stuff he was complaining in his video so you know he was talking out of uh, insane throttle don't got a good relationship with him audience you need to know that uh i find him to be a biggest hypocrite i've ever met uh he's one day he's one thing the next he's another but to go after a firefighter in a business no we just i i don't that's not cool you know, and I don't know any bigger, you know, one percenter clubs, ninety nine percenter clubs that would do anything like that to somebody like this. I just I don't see it. And like I said, you worked on a lot of clubs patches. Yeah, I mean, but we're you know we're invested in the MC culture. You know, as a husband and wife team, I mean, we you know we we've been through things that couples go through. We've been through things like. You know, uh, my, my wife has breast cancer, so we've, we've gone through things like that through the 
the MC culture. We've gone through having to raise four kids through the MC culture. And every single time, my brothers and sisters, whether I'm wearing the same patch as they are or not, we're all in the same boat together. And I think that's where where our heart has always been through full throttle and through the alliances that, you know, we all come from different places. Places, but with a little bit of giving respect, we're going to get respect. And then we got a bigger family to depend on. Right. And if we're not treating each other the same way that we would want to be treated, that's when, that's when the shit hits the fan. And that's exactly what happened here. I got no ill will towards this guy. It is my understanding that, you know, this, I'm not the only guy that he's done this to, uh, or only organization. And, and that, that disheartens me because I think when, you know, when you have an opportunity to bring people together and if you have a platform with a lot of listeners or a lot of eyes on, you have an obligation to bring people together. Mm-hmm. That, my friend, is doing God's work. Right. If you start scattering people and you start talking crap about people and you try to start separating people, well, that's, that's Satan's work. He's known as the scatterer. So, you know, it's, I, I, really, I really respect what you're doing, man, because, you know, I mean, isn't, isn't it funny that two grown men are talking about sewing. I mean, times have changed. <laughs> right. And I, right. I mean, times have really changed, but here's two educated MC knowledgeable dudes who are talking about sewing. Right. And I think, I think with that same, with that same humor, we also need to look for ways that we are different and how, how we can capitalize on each other's differences, you know? Right. Now he equated the what's going on with you to the Alliance. Now, where the hell did that even come up? Yeah, that's unfortunate because, you know, the alliance is really something else. And, and I'll tell you, um, you know, I, I, I'm not the spokesperson for the alliance. Uh, Pablo, who is the chairman, is the spokesperson for the, the alliance, who can explain it much, much better and more eloquently than I can. But I was on the ground floor of the alliance, and the alliance was formed in my dining room table. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the idea of the alliance was less competition between motorcycle clubs and more cooperation and that was in a sense what we wanted to do in missouri because missouri was a very divided state i you know it did it didn't matter if you were in the same line if you were a one percent club or you were a 99 percent club or a cop club you know it seemed like nobody wanted to work with anyone else and there was this sort of stink eye that would happen no matter what when you would show up in different places but really underneath it all everybody just wanted to know more about that other person and party and be like, hey, man, it's a great day. What, you know, tell me about your bike. Tell me about your mission. And right. that's really what people wanted. So that by the time we sat down around a table and got a half a dozen clubs together, it just, it took off like wildfire, mm-hmm. you know? And it, and it shouldn't have been a surprise either because who doesn't want to hang out and have a good time, man? Well, that's what everything's supposed to be about, man. It's not supposed to be about a lot of the stuff that happens out there. If there was more communication, everything would go a lot smoother. But, uh, you know, I just cannot totally. see, you know, why he would bring the alliance in with you. I know we did, because uh, uh, we do biker angle and stuff, and we were sent a statement from the alliance about him. We put it out there. And next thing you know, he's equating that with you. And I don't think the, those two are even closely uh, put together. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I you know, the, the timing of that was all pretty similar. So, so I... He, he fell on my radar via email. He went to our website, and we um, uh, Independence Embroidery supplies the patch for the Alliance. Now, now by the way, the Alliance is, is financially transparent. There's no entry fee. There's no dues. 
there's nothing that costs being part of the alliance. What being part of the alliance is a commitment. It's an opt-in situation where you say, I would like to be part of this, and I agree uh, to these principles, you know. Um, so, so, that's that, so, so when he came on, he also showed up on the alliance radar because we advertise the alliance on independence embroidery. Right. So we're a really big supporter of, of the alliance that way, not financially, but we do a lot of PR. And then Full Throttle, Full Mag is a leg of the table of the alliance, just like all the other clubs are who are part of it. But, you know, we do so much promotion for them. We house all the, the foundational documents and whatnot. So it's, it's easy how he found it. If you ask me, because they're kind of it's connective tissue in a way, but but for I think it was like grabbing at straws to be honest. But he did put in an application to the alliance. He did ask to be part of the alliance, and 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 I think the the best thing about the alliance is is that it's not there's no talking head. There's no one person making a decision. It's presidents of chapters of clubs that make decisions for the alliance, and it's a beautiful thing, man, mm-hmm. to see three, four, five different club chapter presidents talking about something and it's like you get in front of it before it becomes issue and it's a done deal it's a it's a cooperative right right so he he put himself in front and said this is what he was doing but then along with that um this guy comes with some reputation people reach out to people he touches i mean people reached out to me through independence embroidery saying hey um this is what we know about this guy and you're about to make a patch for a guy who stands for x y and z principles and the same thing came to the alliance was hey here's a guy you might be letting into your fold but you might want to know a couple things and those couple things uh weren't a good fit for the alliance so basically the announcement was made just like i made the announcement at the beginning of this interview with you we wish you the best of luck we know you know we hold no harm against you but it's just not a good fit and i think that it's just not a good fit magnified to him uh, a negative, and I think that's why he went after the alliance. Well, I think that was important to get out because uh, on his video he was saying, "Well, I was thinking about it, but I, you know, I never wanted to do it." And now we come to find out he actually put an application in. He was actively trying to get in the alliance, and you know, he just acquired, oh yeah, he, oh totally, yeah, totally, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Oh yeah, he was he was knocking on that door hard. In fact, I think he. Uh, also did a video on his YouTube channel promoting the alliance, talking about how great it was that he found the alliance and how interested he is in on it. And then um, he introduced himself to a Facebook group that's online and did an audio. <laughs> and so, so I mean, you know, and, and look, I, again, I have no ill will. I love everybody, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's a there's there's just a slight lack of awareness that that comes from some of these types of videos where it comes from a place of above others. Right. When really we're all on the same footing, you know. So this audio was something to the tune of, you know, hey, I just can't go anywhere without being noticed. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, here's who I am, and and I think you know that that might be to a group a little off putting when someone comes in with that Ron Burgundy. Hey, I'm sort of a big deal. Yeah, big deal on the internet, but when you get on the street, it's a whole different thing. But uh, you know, it's, I was just unhappy. It's a little, it's about a little different. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I can't believe this happened to you or your company. There, nobody should be going through this kind of stuff. And you know, I got to give it to you, man. You're forgiving where a lot of us wouldn't be. You know, especially when it comes to the family part, the starting to threatening, or you don't know who I am, crap. You know, a lot of people know who he is, yeah. and that's the reason why you don't want to go to runs or well, bars I'll tell you, or man, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest on that. I, you know, I, I did snap back on email, and it was the old me, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And 
um, you know, as as I mature and as I'm, you know, experiencing some of the, the big milestones that we do, whether we're in a relationship with someone or we got kids or we're alone and we don't have kids. I mean, we all have our milestones. And, and I, and I found that when after 24 hours of dealing with his negativity and then other people coming at me, I thought to myself, you know, something like, you know, that, that, that I wish I would have said to myself a long time ago that, you know, if, if I'm sitting here stewing, if I'm sitting here getting mad because somebody's talking about me, they don't know I'm mad. They don't know that I'm stewing. And if I make the mistake of, of clouding my thought and my judgment with trying to enact ju- justice or even revenge, I find myself starting to get welled up with negativity and hate. And then I see that start to roll off on some of the relationships around me. And all within, I swear to God, Hollywood, within like an hour, I mean, it took me an hour to figure this thing out. I'm getting better. (laughs) I mean, within that 60 minutes, I I felt my heart rate going up. I felt myself kind of like not being present in the moment. My wife and I are sitting just watching a TV show, and it's one of my favorite shows, and I couldn't even keep track of what's going on because in my mind – I'm arguing with someone who has no idea I'm talking to him. Right, right. Oh, and no at, idea at, he shouldn't have been at, talking to you at like that, that point, in the first place. Yeah, at, and at that point, I just decided, you know, I, this is the last email. I'm not going to go back and send any emails. And and you know what? When it comes to PR and marketing, say what you want about independence embroidery, but please spell the name right and give out the website. Right. Well, I can tell you what, uh, as soon as you make me a banner up, you guys can go to HarleyLiberty.com and you can go and uh, get quotes from Independence uh, Embroidery because that's the only embroidery short, uh, shop we're going to be promoting from that this uh, moment on there, Chucky boy. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. You know what? And that's a big compliment to us. My my wife and I, Professor, were talking this morning. morning you know, about this opportunity and talking with you today. And she goes, isn't that amazing? Just a week ago, we're dealing with this guy and we're dealing with all the negative things. And and then all of a sudden it just, you know, all this new sort of opportunity falls in our lap just like that. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think this is, this is the way that God corrects things when us mere mortals start to screw them up. Right. Karma's a bitch, man. I can tell you that. It comes back and kicks you in the butt. <laughs> uh, you're going to, you know, before I let you go, you're going to be you're gonna be talking with BD, too, on his show, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, man. I'm looking forward to that. And I'll, and I'll tell you, you were, you were kind enough to make that connection, and I really appreciate that. And I realized that when I first became aware of Chuck Jins on a search engine, I saw a Black Dragon video come up. And I looked at a video and I thought, oh, wow, so I guess I'm not alone. Somebody else has had this bad experience. And I didn't get a chance to watch the whole video. And then I had a really awesome conversation with Black Dragon. By the way, his first name and his middle name are the same as mine. So we're kidding spirits already. which is totally cool, which is totally cool. Um, but then I, then I went over to the YouTube, just like I looked at yours all day yesterday. I wanted to know who I'm talking to and be prepared. And I watched this video that he put together about um, Chuck Jin's getting confronted by a bandito and having to take off his Chicago rocker. Yeah, it's a lot different and, uh, on the streets than on the Internet. <laughs> oh, totally, totally, yeah. And it was just, it was so, the way he cut it up, I thought was really clever. And again, no hard feelings, and I hope Chuck, when he looks at that video... Or two someday he'll look at it and go, you know, maybe maybe I didn't know as much about MC protocol and culture as I should have. But but I thought that was a really creative video. And what you guys are able to do is to take a negative 
and turn it into a positive. And, and I think that is, that's something that's really needed these days, man. So I applaud you. I appreciate that, man. I can't wait to hear you up on uh, BDs because me and BD are real close. So I talk to them, uh, has to be every other day or something like that. We're always talking together. We're feeding off each other and trying to, you know, get, because uh, Insane Throttle is the first one in the Google News. So we're trying to get the other biker sites in the Google News, but we made it into there. And we're trying to really open Sweet. up our minds to uh, everything in the biker community. I was kind of closed off because I was an ex-club guy, but I learned, hey, you know, this ain't the way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be all-inclusive, and that's the only way I'm doing a service to our uh, listeners and readership. So that's why we're going the way we are now, and I'm yeah. opening my mind a lot more than I used to be. But, you know, as I said That's again, awesome, you know, dude. you're a firefighter, and that I think is one of the main reasons, especially on this day, that I got pissed. I was like, you're not doing this to no damn firefighter, man. You're kidding me. Uh-uh. So that's why I wanted to make sure I had you well, on so people got your side of the story. You know, I, I, and and I'd like to say this just, just on behalf of all first responders. After I talked to you yesterday and you shared with me some of the personal elements about your story and, and, and your aspirations in the first response world, you know, to, to be on this side of that, going through everything that you've gone through. And I don't know what you've shared with your listeners, but I was really moved by your story, um, you know, to be that supportive on this end of that and to, to continue to carry that mission. Um, I have to say, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I, felt, I felt very grateful and blessed that you recognized um, that is something that, that that's worth saving and and, and, and coming to our save our saving was was uh, something that won't be forgotten but well, you know what who taught me that see everybody I don't know if they've seen my other videos but I used to be a cadet for uh, North Lake Fire Department yeah. uh, back in the day and uh, I learned right from Lieutenant McBride man he was my hero you know old Irish firefighter man I'm talking old Irishman <laughs> and everything I knew was taught by him he actually saved my ass from the streets you know because I was uh, I was That's hardcore great. gang banging back then and he actually brought me into the program and you know, he's like, well, this is the way to why it is. You know, you don't want to go through life like that. And, you know, he had that Irish accent and stuff. And ever since then, even though my, <laughs> my, my health got all messed up and, you know, I always the firefighters are like gods on my pedestal, man, because I've seen what you guys do, the lives you save. And with the epilepsy, man, I've had our local fire department here six, seven times, and them boys always take care of me, man. They they know me by name. They know to stay away from me when I'm in a seizure and stuff like that. But after that, they load me up and make sure they that I know they're there and stuff because that calms me down when the EMS and the firefighters are near me. So Because I know you guys have nothing but good intentions and you want to help people. So that's why this one really got to me. This one pissed me off. So, and I know it does BD and everybody else out well, there that has a brain. Well, I, I just got to say, I really appreciate it. You know, I think everybody, everybody in their, in their heart is, is ready to be of service to another. And, um, I think, you know, the way that, the way that you've handled this, um, is real news. It's real news, man. And, and I think your, your integrity shows. 
Well, I really appreciate that, man. I always love getting both sides. It's up to you, you hooligans, what you think. You know, I don't know if he still has his crap up, but uh, you got uh, John's side of the story on this whole thing. And uh, I think I got Pablo coming up next with the Alliance. He's going to talk about what that's about and all that stuff. So this was an awesome interview, man. And like I said, get your banner together, man. I'll put it on the big site for you. Oh, you rock, Hollywood. I'm going to stay so in touch with you, you're going to get sick of me. Hey, you got my number, man. You got my cell number, right? <laughs> if you don't got my cell yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. We're, okay. I mean, you know, that, you know, hey, I got to say, with a, with, a, with a stage name like Hollywood, and now I get Hollywood cell number, I feel like I got the inside track to the upper echelon now. There you go, man. <laughs> well, you know, I hope everything <laughs> works out with you. You keep in touch with me, man, and get me that banner. We'll start promoting the hell out of you. Yeah, brother, will do. Thanks, and I really appreciate all you do, man. Be safe. You too, man. Have a good one. All right, take care. Mm -hmm. And that was John, everybody. And you guys got his side of the story. Now you guys can make up your mind. Personally, you already know where Hollywood's mind's made up. Uh, I think, you know, just by reading the emails and stuff, he, John tried his damnedest to try to make him happy and for somebody you know i know i know exactly what he's talking about when it comes to keyboard warriors because i deal with just schmucks all the time and it's just not right to go after a business a family man and especially a damn firefighter when i'm around uh so you know firefighters have more integrity than a lot of people i know out there and to do that to threaten the family you're just wrong dude you're just wrong so, but uh, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back, man. You stay on board, you hooligans. Motorcycle Madhouse every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and Saturdays 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on YouTube and all major streaming platforms. In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7, 24-7. <laughs> This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. And welcome back. What an interview that was with John in the first half of the show. And now we have Pablo on from the Alliance of Law-Abiding Clubs. And I must put out there, you know, this is an opportunity not for just you guys, but for myself because... Uh, let's just say I was a dick in the past to these guys. I didn't. I was pretty ignorant to uh, what the organization was about. I took uh, what one person said against uh, out on the whole organization, and that uh, I have to apologize for because that wasn't being open-minded. That wasn't getting both sides of the story. Something that we treasure here at Insane Throttle Biker News and. Uh, motorcycle madhouse so it is quite uh cool for pablo to come on from the alliance and you know tell us about what the alliance is about what they do the charities that they're involved in and get their side of the story out just the way it should be so let's welcome pablo from the alliance on what's up pablo how you doing buddy thanks hollywood um appreciate you letting us take a little time here um well, let me start with the alliance itself. The alliance is, the, the, the official name of the alliance, is the International First Responders Alliance of Law-Abiding Motorcycle Clubs. Long name, that's why we just call it the alliance. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and what it is, really, essentially, is it's a network. 
Um, we, we found a need for independent law-abiding clubs to be able to find, identify, and communicate with each other. Um, and so the Alliance was formed for that reason. Mm-hmm. We are made up primarily of small motorcycle clubs, one chapter, two chapter, although we do have some quite large clubs involved as well. Um, the Alliance is made up of uh, clubs with a public safety orientation. Um, we have a couple of LEMCs. We got fire clubs, um, you know, clubs that are made up of, of firefighters, um, emergency medical services. We've got military. And we've got those people in those occupations dispersed throughout virtually every club in the Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we're kind of a, a conglomeration, if you will, of different types of motorcycle clubs right. um, that have come together. For, for the sake of networking, you know, that, that we've been able to build a nationwide network that allows us to find and communicate with one another mm-hmm. um, and about things of mutual interest. Right. You know, and you know what? And that's what I think I like about uh, what you're saying is communication is the key. We preach that all the time. If everybody would yeah. just communicate, there would be no problems. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, we've discovered that it's, it's far better to talk to each other than it is just to talk about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that's, for us, this is what has worked. Uh, we get together once a year someplace in the United States, and, and we have a conference that any Alliance member is welcome to attend. You know, and the whole point of this conference is it's not governance, it's fellowship. We get together, we meet each other, you get to look people in the eye, you get to shake hands, you get to have those one-on-one conversations that seem to be missing in too many cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, we resolve a lot of problems, interpersonal problems, intra-club problems are easily resolved in a face-to-face conversation. You get to make new friends. There's nothing better, you know, than widening your circle of friends. And, and you, you really, it's difficult to do on Facebook and on the Internet, much easier to do over a cold beer in person sitting at the same table. Right, right. Well, not to mention the parties are better with more people. <laughs> Uh, what, you know, yeah. what was the premise of all coming uh, together? Was it, like you said, follow, fellowship, communication, or do you got a bigger mission statement of, you know, community service and stuff like that? Well, there is that, you know, today, in today's world, almost all law-abiding cl- motorcycle clubs have some service component to their, to their mission. Every club is individual and unique. They all have their own personality, character, and bylaws. Um, but the one common thread, though, that runs through all of that is they all want to be recognized as socially responsible, an asset to their community in some way, large or small. Uh, and and so, you know, I could I could go on all day about the the things that happen. Um, you know, and and I'm 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 going to also say that we also have you know just a kind of a social recreational component. Sometimes we just want to get out there and ride. We want to go visit places. We want to go on road trips. Um, you know, go places you haven't been. You know, as oh, well yeah. as I do, that traveling in a car is, is like being in a movie, but traveling on a bike is like starring in the movie. Exactly, man. There's nothing better than going cross-country rides. Mm-hmm. I actually watched one of your uh, club's video that was in the Alliance. They went from Kelly to uh, New Orleans, I believe, and uh, yeah. from there they went on to uh, Daytona. I loved that uh, one. It was like a mini documentary of what they were doing. Yeah, and you know, we, I mean, there were plenty of, of, of our members do that too. You know, once a year, my club gets together and, and we take a trip somewhere, you know, anywhere from five to 10 days, sometimes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and just get out there on the road and do what you're supposed to do when, you, when you're a biker ride. Right, exactly. Now, do you guys do a lot of campouts and stuff like that on your rides? 
Um, it just depends. Um, well, I'll talk about my club. This year, this summer, our vacation was a seven-day trip over to Colorado to ride the high elevations, the mining and mountain towns, places like Ouray and Silverton, Creed, Delta, um, you know, and just visit those old mining towns and, and ride those awesome freaking roads. Mm-hmm. And when it was 100 degrees everywhere else at those elevations, the temperatures were even comfortable. So, right. you know, that just makes it even that much more fun. Well, what was it like, okay, because you're taking your group out there, your club. What was the mounting, mountain uh, mining towns like out there? What was the experience? Is that like you see on TV where a railroad goes behind a certain town? It's, it looks like it's still 1800. Oh yeah, most of these towns were built, you know, in the in the 1800s, and some of them even even before that. And they worked real hard to preserve the character of the original town. So they have a main street with the original buildings, the original building faces. Um, you know, a lot of them have been turned into museums and gift shops and and taverns. I especially like the taverns um, <laughs> and at other places. Um, we got to visit um, in, in one town that we stopped, and we actually rode it up about five miles of dirt road up to about 12,000 feet um, and and to a place called the Last Chance Mine. And some of our people actually went inside the mine and got you know got some mining tools and chipped out some rocks, mm-hmm. you know, and, and got some stuff to take home. Um, you know, and it, it, that's the kind of vacation that it was. It was all about putting daily life behind you and just doing for that week what you'd like to do every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now with uh, your club or, uh, you know, some of the clubs with the Alliance, is it all kinds of motorcycles or is it Harley only? Oh, no. We, we I don't know of any of our clubs that restrict it to a single brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, mostly, uh, you know, the people that do what we do, like the large cruiser style and touring style bikes, but um, I don't know of any club that's restricted just to those. In fact, we have one club that actually has kind of a sport bike component to it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but, me, I you know, love sport it, bikes. It just so. depends on the individual club. The Alliance has no say over that. Right. Well, you know, I love uh, sports bikes. I used to have one, but I made money off uh, racing it. But uh, you know, my you know, other than my Fat Boy and Harley's, I'm really into the uh, Midnight Stars or you know the Kawasaki Mean Streaks. Those I love. So it's good to hear that you know, you know a, just not one type I'm of a, bike. I'm a victory. I'm a victory guy myself. I got two victories. How did you feel when Victory? How did you feel when Victory said, "Yo, they're putting everything in the Indian now"? Like I just got kicked in the nuts. I didn't <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Victory Jackpot, man. I always loved that one, but I couldn't believe yeah. they put uh, Victory out to pasture. I loved that bike. I used to when they first came out. I had an one B ninety two C, and that was the best yeah. bike I ever had. Oh, yeah. I have an 07 Kingpin and a 2012 Hardball, and they both got a lot of miles on them now, but they both, you know, if you take care of them and don't abuse them, they're bulletproof. I'll mm-hmm. be riding these bikes for a while yet. Right. Now, do you worry about parts? Are they still offering parts on the VIX? You, you know, there's such an aftermarket community out there for victories that you can get pretty much anything you need. Lyris was required by law to provide parts for 10 years, so mm-hmm. that takes us into 27. Um but the truth is, you know, you're not likely to need any really rare, unusual part, you know, unless you have a rare, unusual circumstance. Right. Uh, you know, mostly, like I said, if you take care of it and don't abuse it, it'll take care of you for as long as you want to ride it. Right. 
Well, you know, it's good to hear that you guys at least once a year go out on these big trips. Uh, Colorado. What I always wanted to do was take, a, you know, not biking, but an Amtrak across country into those back uh, towns. Yep. But uh, that must have been yep. some kind of ride, you know, uh, going up to Cali and all that stuff. But you're in the Utah area, man. There has to be good riding out there. I'm surrounded by it. You could you could set up camp in my backyard and go a different direction every day of the week and have and have a different ride. We got mountains, we got desert, we got city, we got rolling hills and backwater towns. We got it all right here in central Utah. Man, rock on. Now you said the alliance uh, they meet somewhere you know once a year uh, all over the United States. <laughs> Is that like a mini yeah. conference or something that everybody goes party and? Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's our one time a year that we're going to get together. It's usually a three day conference. Uh, out of that three days, you know, we'll have one one afternoon or one early evening where we'll take care of Alliance business. Everything else is rides to visit local attractions, uh, ride the local roads, um, you know, um, eat food together and and just have fun together and get to know each other. You know, new people show up at every conference, so you get to see old friends, you get to make new friends. That's how you build networks. You know, people that once you laid eyes on somebody, once you've shaken their hand and had a had a conversation about mutual interest with them, it's going to be a lot easier for you to communicate with them again in the future. Right. And, you know, that's what keeps it alive. Now, does the alliance try to talk to other clubs that are within the alliance just to make sure everything's cool and you know people might not agree, but you know you stay on your side, we stay on our side type of stuff. But there's communication to make sure that happens. Yeah, the whole the whole idea is is first and foremost keeping the peace, mm. um, you know, which for us is not as big a problem as it has been on on the other side of the fence. Right. You know, we all have differences, and we don't have to we don't have to love each other. We just have to respect each other, exactly. and you know that's that's kind of the the minimum. And so far, you know, we've seen no major departures from that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's there's awesome not a club out there that doesn't have doesn't have some issues, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But we encourage we encourage the you know issues to be resolved at the personal level, at the club level, before it ever goes anywhere else because we're not in a position to intervene. You know, we're here, we can help, we can offer advice, uh, we can be a listener, you know, we can do whatever we can to help, but we will not intervene in something that's on our business. Right, right. Now, what about, this ain't just uh, LE or uh, Fire, uh, EMS or Vets Club, can there be other clubs that uh, you would uh, look at? Well, the Alliance bylaws say that it is open to any law-abiding club, and by that we mean uh, any club whose structure, uh, function, subsistence is all, all within the law-abiding realm, um, and any club who um, does not align themselves, affiliate themselves, or associate themselves with the one. Mm-hmm. Hello? Uh, Pablo, are you there, Ben? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I lost you for a sec, but go ahead. Okay, um, like I said, the alliance is open to any law-abiding club, and that means any club that you know that operates and exists on a law-abiding basis. Um, so, uh, you know, we do have a fence between us, you know, a, uh, a theoretical fence between us and the outlaw biker world, um, and it's 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 in, it's in less of a visible thing and more of just a, a, a philosophical thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, the alliance would not be open to a declared outlaw organization of any kind. Right, right. Well, I can. Well, yeah. You know, you got the alliance. They got uh, COC and stuff like that. 
So, yeah, I get that. But there's still, you know, communication where there ain't no friction and stuff like that because a lot of people I do not uh, think realize that. Well, our position on that is this. We will have a civil conversation with anyone. And, and it doesn't really matter where they are, you know, what patch they wear or what their philosophy of operation is. You know, if, if a civil conversation can be had and needs to be had, we're more than willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, you know what, what we don't do is, is basically submit ourselves to anybody else's rule. You know, we, we operate under, under, you know, the philosophy that follows the rule of law, the one that says that we have the right to do what we're doing just as everybody else does. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where our give respect and get respect philosophy comes from. Right. You know, um, you know I mean, I'll, I'll take it a little further and I'll say that we respect and recognize the right of every club to exist regardless whether you're a one percent or a ninety-nine percent or somewhere in between, um, but we operate on a philosophy that says we follow and maintain the rule of law. We know it's not perfect, um, but we also know that um, if it becomes too imperfect, that we we actually have the ability to change that. Right. Now I'm, I'm going to take you in a different direction here. We did a, a we were sent actually from somebody within the alliance a press release that you guys did, and we actually featured it on uh, Biker Angle. And I'd like to get your guys' side of this because there was a lot of trash talking about you guys and them trying to tie that into what happened with John where I can't see where one affects the other. There was two different things that was going on. And that had to do with right. uh, Chuck Gines. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, 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 I suppose you have to consider the source right. with, with Chuck Gines. You know, he's a guy with a very personal very narrowly focused, very eccentric agenda. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, what happened with him is, is you know, I'll, I'll be right up front with you. He approached the Alliance earlier in the summer. And, and after a conversation with him, you know, we didn't feel that it, it felt quite wired. So we decided to just, just shelve it and do nothing with it until we could learn more. Uh, you know, no decisions were made. Uh, we then found out that, that, you know, that he had a criminal record that he failed to disclose. Um, and so, you know, that alone was just enough grounds for disqualification from the alliance, and you know, and that was communicated to him. Right. And that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. And apparently, in the midst of that, he learned of John Larson's association with the alliance, and and somehow decided to try to marry that to a business dispute that he had with with John, mm-hmm. um, and and drag us into it. Um, although, you know, I communicated to him when he when he called me, uh, he sent me text messages actually, asked me questions and trying to get me to fill in informational gaps, um, you know, about, about John and, and, and all of that. And I just thought, you know, this is really none of your business. Right. So I told him, you know, as far as we were concerned, this is a business dispute that may have turned personal between two guys. The Alliance has no place in it, and we have nothing further to say about it. End right. of conversation. Well, that's, and, you know, I was talking so, to B. I was talking to B.D. about it. I was like, how the hell did he equate the two? I was like, the Alliance put this out before the stuff that we heard about, John. I was like, how the hell is he tying everything together here? <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I know. I think that, you know, that we're, we operate very publicly, you know, and he was probably able to see videos that John regularly makes um, through independence and embroidery about making patches. Mm. He also has made videos on behalf of the Alliance, which, has, which he has released under his own name. Um, and, and so... I, I can imagine that, you know, if a guy is diligent and uses the Internet, um, that those connections were not very hard to make. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
Well, that's what me and BD were talking about. There was like, there's no way this equates to each other. So we just wanted to make sure we got uh, your point of view. So the Alliance don't get dragged yeah. into something that it shouldn't be dragged into. And it was just, you know, well, child's so I, play. I think what it was is he tried to drag us into it to take his side over, over you know, Independence and Bernie and John Larson and all of that, you know. And, and, you know, first of all, we do not litigate problems in public, you know, especially not on Facebook or any place like that. Uh, right. Secondly, this was a personal and business dispute between two individuals uh, where the alliance played no role. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we simply dismissed ourselves from the case and advised him so. Right. And and that wasn't enough for him. So uh, whatever you guys saw yesterday, I have not seen the video. Uh, and I probably, I, I understand it's been taken down. Oh, it um, has. But uh, that, that's where it came from, his frustration with the fact that, you know, we were not willing to help him make his case, you know, in this dispute. Right, right. <laughs> now, uh, what about the because he didn't make a claim in the video that you guys lost uh, club uh, membership over hit this crap. He said p clubs were pulling no. out of the alliance. Or is that more no, fantasy not land? <laughs> not true. No. That, so I can tell you that over the years, you know, we've been in operation for six years, and we've had some clubs come and go. There has been some attrition, and uh, you know, and I think that's normal. But I can't tie any of it to this little. You know this this little thing with him. Mm. Uh, I think he gives himself a lot credit for a lot more influence than he actually has. Right. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't see any kind of club going off after uh, that one. But uh, you know yeah. what I you know what I like about this conversation is that it should have happened a long time before. You know, I should have came to the uh, you guys and said, "Hey, man, this was put out." You know what's going on yeah. with that it just don't equate you know i did it too just like what happened with chuck man i equated you guys to uh one statement where he was trying to do the same so you know i ain't uh you know all good and uh golden on this one because you know i was a hypocrite on this one well i may be the motorcycle club's most the motorcycle club world's most um accidental diplomat you know it wasn't really what i wanted to do but i realized very quickly that you know when when you get in the middle of a dispute you cannot take a side um you know you can you can facilitate you can mitigate you can encourage discussion you can try to bring forth all all the facts um but you know taking sides generally is not going to work for me and if it's not going to work for me it's not going to work for any of us you know right. and that's where communication comes in because that's how you solve these problems well that's solid advice right there if you got you know you hooligans out there listening man that's solid advice right there that's the best i've heard since i've been doing the show how you put it with uh communications right there but uh before i let you go is there any events or any of that type of stuff you want to talk about coming out um nothing i can think of the riding season's winding down and you know the alliance itself doesn't do events but you know our individual clubs are, are all engaged in some level of something you know, um, and I mean, I can, I can just, you know, this summer we had a couple of our smaller clubs here in Utah each put on a benefit run where they purchased, customized, and, and raffled off motorcycles and then gave the money to individuals in dire need. Right. Um, you know, and that's, that's a small thing as opposed to another one of our clubs that has chapters in 40 states and in one day they raised $50,000 through individual events. They managed to collect, collectively raise $50,000 for Special Olympics through the Dream Ride program. Um, wow, you know, so there's awesome. always something going on. And for me, you know, it, it's hard to keep track of it all. That's why it's the only reason why I use social media is so I can see what, you know, what these guys are doing and what they're up to. And there's no shortage of good stuff going on. Um, oh um, there is one thing I want to add, if, if it's okay with you. Go ahead. 
Um, you, you probably have seen the Alliance patch, and you know what it looks like. Um, and, you know, this is the only thing that we, um, from that perspective, that we all share is that this patch is available to Alliance member clubs to wear if they choose to wear it. We don't require it, uh, but they can if they want. It comes in a, a, a looks like a three-inch and a two-inch size. Um, and we encourage them to wear this because what I tell people, and this is just my advice to our, our newer clubs, you know, if you want to be seen in a positive light in your community, um, you should walk into your local police station and introduce yourself to the watch commander, to the police chief, or who's ever in charge that day, you know, and have a very candid conversation and answer their questions. Because if you've got nothing to hide and they become more informed, they're going to look at you with a lot less jaundiced eye when they see you riding down the road. They're probably going to say, oh, yeah, we know those guys. Mm-hmm. No big deal. You know, and, and not give you a second look. And we find that that little strategy is really working. Rockin you know, the other thing is, um, you know, when I run into law enforcement people that I know, you know, I give them one of my business cards. On the front is my club information, and on the back is the Alliance logo and my contact information. And I tell them, when you see guys wearing this patch, you know, I mean, they may not be the brightest angels on the, on the sun, but they're good people, and you don't need to worry about what they're doing um, or, or whether or not they, they, they pose any kind of a threat to you or anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you, if you do become aware of that kind of a situation of somebody wearing this kind of a patch, we want to know. It's never really happened. Um, but it has kind of elevated our presence in, in the eyes of, the, of those people. You know, I know that you know, in the biker world that, that there's, just not, there's not a lot of love for the police. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in, in certain corners of the biker world, and I've known that my whole life because I was a cop for 30 years. Um, but, you know, we're not out there to, to make, looking to make enemies. We're not out there looking for conflict of any kind. We want to do what we do, which is socialize, fellowship, ride, do some things in favor of our communities and be viewed in our communities, you know, as people um, that are recognized as acceptable, as accepted. You know, social legitimacy, I guess, is a Well, you know, you bring that up, and one thing you said off air that I really connected with was, even though you were a police officer, you didn't like when other cops went out there and made you guys look bad. You know, that was a big thing that well, no, uh, got me. Yeah, I can tell you that, you know, I would, the vast majority of police officers that I've ever known were, were and are good, honest, hardworking people, you know? None of us like the black eyes that we get. But when this stuff happens, it finds its way into the media. The presence of it is elevated to the point where if you didn't know better, you might think that we were all like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just simply not true. You know, mm-hmm. we police ourselves. You know, I, I rose in the ranks from a part-time officer all the way to a top-end administrator. You know, I understand how internal investigations and discipline can work. You know, and, and I always prided myself in working for agencies that treated people with mm-hmm. some bad. That's exactly what we did. Rock and roll, man. Awesome. Last question, man. Does it snow out there in Utah where you're at? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not quite Not quite yet, but usually about the second week of December is when it starts. And if, if, if God is good and wants to give us a break, it quits about the 1st of April. Oh, uh, okay. Because here I am sitting in Chicago thinking, well, this is out west. They got good riding weather all year yeah. round. Now I find out that it snows out there, too. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're we're about we're between five and six thousand feet above sea level here, so we get oh, okay. we get some. Sometimes we get really harsh winters, and then we get spring and fall are just kind of a hint. You know, we get we get winter and we get summer here, and and uh, so we're still we're coming to the tail end of summer, um, and uh, our fall is going to be a battle between winter and summer, and then winter will hit. <laughs> right. Damn. Well, you know what, uh, Pablo, I really appreciate you coming on a show, especially a show that's been uh, hostile in the past and stuff, getting your uh, viewpoint out to the audience. 
and that's something that's uh, much appreciated. And uh, you got my contact information. You guys ever have events or need to get something out there? You guys just let me know. Well, for the record, Hollywood hostility is the last thing we want with anybody. Um, you know, we we will we understand. You know that that it's not all. You know, it's not all. It's not a big bed of roses. Um, but you know, we know what our rights are. We know what everybody else's rights are. We try to respect that. And uh, you know, while we will stand our ground, we would much rather extend a handshake and throw a punch. Rock and roll, man. That's uh, awesome to hear right there, man. Well. I appreciate having you on the show, man, and uh, hope you guys the best, and uh, you guys are, uh, you know, that's a good conversation that just happened right now, and I uh, really appreciate that. Well, thank you for the time. I appreciate it, too. Awesome, man. I'll talk to you later. Okay, take care. Mm-hmm. And that was Pablo with the Alliance of Law-Abiding Clubs, and uh, that's their side of the story. That's something that I should have got out there a long time ago. And again, my ignorance, I didn't do my due diligence on uh, what they were about or any of that good stuff. So hopefully uh, you see more of what uh, they're about, go on their page and all that good stuff. Again, with Insane Throttle, Biker News, Motorcycle Madhouse, we are now given all sides of uh, the biker community. So some might like it, some might not, but that's just the way it is, fellows. So... You hooligans, take care, and hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. And uh, make sure to watch Biker Angle every Monday through Thursday at 7.30 in the morning. And also our radio show every Sunday at 9 a.m. With that, I'll talk to you guys later. You guys be safe. <laughs>